River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. Welcome to another episode of Niner Nuts. I'm Dan along with James. James, say hello. What's up, everybody? Are you excited? Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Uh, listeners, for any of you that are confused why we're in your ears already, it's only Friday. We don't do game preview episodes. Uh, remember how we talked about we were going to do an emergency podcast for Jimmy G, but we were able to tie that into uh, a normally scheduled episode? That's not the case this time. We have an actual emergency to talk about this week. <laughs> Um, at 11.30 last night, my phone went off, and ESPN said that the 49ers successfully sent five picks to the Carolina Panthers for all-pro running back Christian McCaffrey, and we are going to spend the next half hour talking about that, along with our guest, Steve. Welcome back to the show. Uh, remind me, when was the last episode we had you on? It was, it was just, uh, during the draft, the right? Po- post-draft uh, is what we did, because we did one after the draft, and we kind of evaluated all the talent we got. So, yeah. That's yeah. that's right. I, I I had that in my head. I thought it was, but I wanted to make sure. <laughs> We've had a lot of football since then, but honestly, so glad that you were able to come on here with uh, scheduling how impromptu this was. But, uh, but yeah, listeners, we're all here to talk about the Christian McCaffrey trade uh, oh my gosh, I my head's been spinning since last night. Um, this is this is a big deal. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is such a, a sh- this in theory. I'm trying to be the optimist on here. I have some pessimistic takes we can all throw in uh, a little bit later, but I want to be happy about this. This is a guy that, if he is as healthy as he was back in 2019, which he looks like he has so far. Six games in, he's looked phenomenal. This is a guy that could be that shot in the arm for the offense we need, and that is clearly what John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are are betting on. They, James, you pointed out how, what kind of taste that left in your mouth, the way that we just gave up, because that's what we did. We just gave up on Jeff Wilson after his fumble in the first quarter. So, yeah, we'll see if he, we'll still probably need him to touch the ball against Kansas City because this is such a quick turnaround. But I, 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 this is clearly, this is them trying to get the offense to carry some of the load that the defense can't now because they are just so injured. But at the same time, the this is a belief that we don't need to worry about the immediate future. We're taking a page out of the Rams book. We think the defense will get healthy. And this is going to be what's the missing piece to make us balanced and go all the way to the Super Bowl. I mean, that's that's at least what I think. James, Steve, what do you all think? It's an all-in moment, man. Like, it's the all-in, like, I'm pushing my chips to the center of the table. Look how big my bleeping balls are. And I'm I'm just going to push all my chips to the center of the table. And we got a, we got a, we got a defense that can play. Now we have another weapon on offense. And let's go for this, guys. This this is the year we're going we're going for it this year because even though Trey is gone and then maybe that's your future, you know you have a shot right now with this. And let's just push them all in. F it. F the picks, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I that's the first thing I thought of too when this move happened was oh, they're in it now, right? They're in. They're in it for now, not for not for in a few years. This is not one of those like building block rebuilding type deals. This is a 
hey, we have guys that are aging right now, especially on the lines. Um, you know, Trent Williams isn't getting any younger, and he's, an, of course, an all, you know, perennial all-pro every year. So, uh, you know, other guys on the team are, are getting a little older and stuff. They're they're really looking at this as, hey, we have a, a weakened NFC right now. Uh, they have a chance at making a really deep run with the, the roster they have, especially once everybody gets healthy again. Um, yeah, this is a this is a definite a, a, a piece that you can use, you know, for this year, next year and really make uh, make people have to make defensive coordinators sweat, you know, because yeah. that's there's very few teams in the league right now that especially in the NFC that are making the defensive coordinator sweat. Everybody kind of goes, hey, you got to stop this one or two players and that's it. Right now, the 49ers have several of those pieces. So, oh, so my. Now, yeah. Like. <laughs> Like it's, it's it's this is it this is like this is like the move that says you know like we're going for it get excited like you know this is we got CMC we got CMC man like like and he's and he's only twenty six too yes he played only ten games between his age twenty four and twenty five season which any Rams fan knows if you look at Todd Gurley's history or. Uh, there's a plethora of other running backs that all phased out by 29. Like it's, it is a gamble somewhat. We do have to monitor and worry about that. But at the same time, assuming that he is going to stay healthy the rest of the season, like you were pointing out, I want to paint this bigger picture, like where, where it's going to fit into the offense. Cause now Jeff Wilson can go back into his backup role, which really sprinkled in. Jeff was phenomenal at that. Not that he was bad as a bell cow, but he's just better as that backup. And so between him and uh, Mason, and we haven't cut ties with Tevin Coleman yet and Debo Samuel, it's just, especially Debo and Christian, if uh, one's the full and one's the half, oh my God, who are you going to cover? And then uh, the offensive line is getting healthier. Uh, Our guys in the middle, they're young and inexperienced, but they've been playing great. Uh, Trent Williams, like you said, he is going to be coming back for the Chiefs game. So him and McGlinchey just has a bruise on his leg. Both of our veteran season tackles are going to be out there. Our offensive line is going to be fine. So that means Kittle can get back out there in the passing game. Uh, we can get some eyes off of Depot because now you got to worry about Christian. And then Brandon Ayuk, oh my God. If there was one positive we had from the Falcons game, it was Brandon Ayuk. If we actually use him beyond the first quarter, he can make some moves. Yeah. So yeah, no, like you were saying, Steve, how how is the uh the Kansas City defensive coordinator not like losing his mind right now? <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be misdirection city. It's gonna be your who who do you cover? You know, there's only a certain number of players on the field at any one time. So uh yeah, you you do you stop Debo? Do you stop Christian McCaffrey? You do do you stop the running game? Do you you know do, there's no more crowding the box, that's for sure. You can't crowd the box anymore because you have a couple of guys that can, you know, they're all good pass catchers too. So they can they can sprint out and, and wheel routes and everything else. Like that's what uh, McCaffrey excels at is a lot of the same stuff that Debo excels at, which is that misdirection, those, those jet sweeps, those motion plays, um, you know, trying to kind of diagnose what the defense is, is thinking about or doing and then exploiting that. Maybe even again with other players, this, this should be a move that all of the offensive players should be cheering for right now. And it's, they shouldn't be looking at this as, Oh, this guy's going to be taking my carries or this guy's going to be taking my, my uh, you know, playing time away or anything. 
they are this is going to open everyone up because now you have to account for a, yet another superstar this guy's a, basically his average games are like 100 to 120 yards a game both combined rushing and receiving how many players in the league are, are that consistent with those kind of kind of numbers it's pretty rare he's already yeah. been doing that alone this year like yeah, on a bad carolina team yeah He's got exactly 600 yards average already through week six. And they clearly, between letting go of Robbie Anderson and him now, like Baker, who knows if Baker's, who knows like what's going to go on with Carolina? Not that I care. This isn't a Carolina podcast, but this is definitely one of those. Uh, I don't know what the suck for luck this year is going to be, but clearly Carolina is going to get the first pick the way that they're going. And I thank them from the bottom of my heart that they were willing to send it to send him to us. Cause, uh, I saw a couple people talking about it and you brought it up in our little text group that we have that there was so much more of a personal connection for Christian to this team as well that I was, I feel like I may have saw it during one of the broadcasts and didn't really think about it, but uh, Shanahan has a deep connection with the uh, the McCaffrey family. Um, I mean, if one of you guys want to break that down a little more. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely thought of immediately, I said, oh, the, the, I think the comment I used was, the world is now right with a, Sh- a reuniting uh, of, of a Shanahan and a McCaffrey, because the the Shanahans and the McCaffreys go back to the Super Bowl era of the uh, the Broncos in the, in the late 90s. Um, even John Lynch uh, played for the Broncos and, of course, is well aware of the Shanahans, even though I did actually look that up after I said that, is uh, they actually never had, they never played together on the same team. Because, uh, Lynch came in the year after Shanahan, or not Shanahan, uh, McCaffrey, Ed McCaffrey retired. Um, but, of course, they, they, they were always, you know, hanging out in the locker rooms together even after he retired and stuff. So, um, but, yeah, the, the McCaffrey kids were always, um, you know, running around in the, in the locker room. I, I heard some great stories about that when I got a tour of the uh, the Denver Broncos practice facilities and, and all of the uh, their their uh, their practice dome and everything uh, by by a member of, of their, um, you know, front office one time. Uh, and he said uh, the, guy, the guy's name was Frank. I can't remember. Uh, Frank Fleming, actually. Sorry. Uh, he gave me a tour of that place and he had some good, really good stories of the, the McCaffrey kids running around in, in the in the locker room as kids and stuff and said, and this is right as uh, as Christian was uh, coming out of college at that point. And uh, he said, man, this, these kids are they're fast. They're good. They were, you know, we had our players chasing after them around in the locker rooms as, as when they were kids. They were like, you know, four or five, six years old at the time. <laughs> so it's where it all starts. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love the little tidbit I heard about like Kyle babysitting Christian like once and then just being a teenager was just like, yeah, I'm good after one. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there were I'm, lots of handle. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm just, I'm just excited that there's an actual like freak athlete at the running back position. Like that's, that's really where I get excited with this whole thing. Because like, if you watch Christian McCaffrey highlight reels, he's flipping over defenders, just like giving all out and just jumping over people. And like, I don't know, Dan, I, I, I haven't watched the team that closely over the last, I don't know, 10 years, but has there been someone at that position who was capable of doing those types of things, you know? Not the way that Christian does. Like, Frank Gore was obviously, like, you you can make a case, not first ballot, but down the line, maybe a decade after, he could get into the Hall of Fame. But he was more of just a downline power kind of guy. You could throw to him out, but he was more of just that power, just go up the gut kind of running back. What the, the the dynamism that Christian has, oh my God! I, I not in the Kyle Shanahan era for sure. Have we had a running back like this? Like Raheem Mostert, I'd argue was probably the best running back that we had. But kind of like Christian, 
he was made of glass. His ankle was always breaking, always, always breaking. But he was worth the gamble because you get a game like the NFC Championship game against Green Bay where he just went off 200 yards, multiple touchdowns. He was worth the risk of his ankle breaking in the first quarter. But it's always in a tandem. We've always ran it in a tandem because Kyle caught on that you kind of need to share the load. And even with sharing the load, like these injuries still happen. So he had to have been salivating at the the concept of like, okay, this guy with the way I like to run the ball, he's going to explode every time he touches the ball. And we're mitigating his risk because we can get Mason in there. We can get Coleman in there. We're not ex- exiling Wilson. We can get Wilson back to where he was because he was supposed to be Elijah Mitchell's backfield, which by the way, we're supposed to get Elijah Mitchell back in a couple weeks. His He's not returned to practice yet, but it's just a high ankle sprain. So hopefully after the bye, that's just another running back that we have the guys worry about uh, on the other side of the ball. Like our running back room is when Mitchell's back is going to be insane. Yeah. Again, and just so many more pieces are going to be coming back on both sides of the ball that um, the timing just feels right for this kind of move too, because then it just kind of like, you know, you have everything, everybody finally getting back, uh, back healthy. Everybody's going to be at a hundred percent here. Um, hopefully you guys don't sustain any more, you know, injuries uh, in between now and, and the end of the year. But uh, with a weekend NFC, I could see this, this a real run, you know, to not only a playoff run, but a deep, deep playoff run here. Yeah, yeah luckily on offense, it's not been that bad. Right, like, right. We've had way worse. Like that's what I was, I, I think I, I can't remember if I just text James or both of you, but like, I, I'm still a little worried about us defensively. Like, uh, E-Man, luckily, is the only one that, like, is not going to come back. But um, I don't—we're about to decide if Eric Armstead needs to go on IR because he's got plantar fasciitis, and he's already been out, like, six weeks. Um, Kinlaw is on IR. He's got a chronic fluid issue in his knee, which he had last year, too. So I don't I don't know. That might be a D Ford situation where he's just on IR more of his tenure than not. Um, and then Al Shayer, he should come back the same week as Mitchell, but, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really worried about, um, Charvarius Ward. He's not been practicing this week. He's probably going to be out just the way it's going. And then we have to decide soon if Verrett's going to go off PUP or go on permanent IR. So our originally best secondary in the league, I don't know what's going to happen now if we're just going to have to ride backups there the rest of the year. But, um, Jimmy Ward is going to come back. He is going to play with a club hand, which is awesome news. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hufunga's out of the concussion protocol, I believe. So then all three of them in the backfield, we can just do a bunch of nickel formations and then hopefully our backup corners can be okay. But um, that's the only thing I'm still really worried about. Um, but Bosa should be coming back. William should be coming back. If the pieces can, if we can hold our own with the limited pieces that we have, if we never get back to 100%, our defense should be okay because D'Amico Ryans is amazing. So going back to the offense, oh my God, I, what excuse does Jimmy have? He already didn't have excuses coming into the season and he's been doing okay. Like, honestly, I defended him against the Falcons. He was not the problem and why we lost to the Falcons. What, so what now? Like why there's no reason for our offense to not be top five anymore the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, just look. I forget what team it was against, but look at look at the play where I forget he Christian McCaffrey's going into the end zone. The next gen stats literally like said like he had a five percent chance of scoring on this play, and he ended up jump he jumps over somebody and just scores on the play. And that that's 
that's the kind of athlete we're going to have at running back now. You have that at Debo too. Like you have that there with Debo. Debo, he's another he's another type of guy. You put three guys in front of him in front of the end zone and he has a 5% chance of breaking through there and making a touchdown. Well, Debo's going to do that. So you have it at wide receiver. Now you have a running back, you know, and like this offense, you're right, should be going forward should be top five, at least in the NFC, like if not the whole NFL. But you're looking at like the only other team that honestly can both this type of team, like when you have a defense and an offense like this, you look at the NFC, it's only the Eagles and you. And that's it. That's it. That's the only two ones that have a complete team like this. And honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now. Your special teams is better than our special teams. And Even after the disastrous past two weeks that we've had on special teams, <laughs> I would I would think so. I still think so because our punter is still susceptible, and we had no answer for Turpin when we played Dallas. Like that guy, that guy just was killing us. So um, so I think like. The Eagles and the 49ers is probably where this is going to come down to. Um, and it's, you know, it's going to be a hell of a game. If they, I mean, we got, I mean, the Eagles are a top five defense. The 49ers are a top five defense. The Eagles have a top five offense. And with Christian McCaffrey, I mean, you should, you guys should have a top five offense. I mean, this is, I'm sure I haven't. Jimmy B hasn't looked at the odds, but I'm sure when I look at the odds, that the favorites to win the NFC now is going to be the Eagles and the 49ers at the top of that. I saw because I was watching a bunch of uh, hot take reactions before he hopped on here. I think it was Stephen A's show, um, first take or whatever his show is. I think they had the odds of us winning the conference went from 1400 to 1100, something like that. Oh, really? I, I think I think it was that that might have been the Super Bowl. I can't remember. I should have taken a picture. I think of it, but, I think uh, that was the probably the Super Bowl. Like because like the last time I looked, uh, last time I looked, you guys were I think you guys were plus nine hundred just to win the NFC. Uh, last time I looked, uh, let's see. That would make sense. Um, but while you guys are looking that up, I do want to propose. Because um, yes, I do want to celebrate, but I do want to. Um, I'll ask the the more pessimistic questions after, but I want to start right now with just, um, especially your take, Stephen, um, expectations with Kansas City coming up in two days. Literally, we're taping this on Friday, the 21st. In two days, we're hosting Kansas City. It's the 2012 NFC Championship game, or 2012 NFC Championship team reunion. So Jim Harbaugh is going to be in the house. A lot of those uh, players from the team back then are going to be in the house. It's going to be a nice electric atmosphere, but... Um, I don't know. I, I'm not trying to get that excited that Christian is going to actually be that big a factor. Cause again, it's two days. He's flying right now to San Francisco, unless he got on a midnight flight and he just landed. I mean, long-term. Yeah, no, obviously we should expect him in LA and then after a bye week and onward. But, um, I don't know. I, do you guys agree with me that we probably aren't going to see yeah. that much of Christian? I, I do. I do actually. Um, and I think number one, the Kansas city game is going to end up being a shootout. So, um, neither, neither defense is, is that great, uh, right now. Obviously the 49ers are, are pretty injured, pretty banged up. Uh, Kansas city didn't, doesn't really inspire a lot of confidence in a, in a major defensive struggle, but, um, it, the offenses are going to go nuts. I think, um, now how much does Christian McCaffrey, you know, factor into that? I think they're going to, they're going to probably insert him in a little slowly. Um, he doesn't, and he's have a, a smart enough player. Oh, I he's a smart enough player getting... for sure. Yeah. 
He yeah, went to no. Stanford. He could probably get plugged in a couple <clears throat> plays, but no, he'll I, be, he'll, I bet he'll be I, on a snap count. He'll be on a snap count of probably, I would say no more than probably 15, 15 snaps right now. Um, uh, I just think that he, he'll, he'll, they'll want to use him in some creative ways some creative packages um, just to see what kind of looks they get to. Um, and, and he might have something, you know, he'll probably have a stat line of like, you know, probably, you know, five carries for, you know, 45 yards and then probably like another, uh, you know, 25 to 30, you know, receiving yards. Uh, um, I don't know how many, how many times I'll throw to him, but, um, I wouldn't expect much in the first game. You're right. Because again, sh- such short notice, brand new playbook. Carolina doesn't very, like com- and, very complicated playbook. Oh, that's the one thing that I know, you know, from, from, you know, obviously Cal Shanahan used to run the, uh, back then the Redskins offense, uh, and it was a very comp. That's the one thing everybody, all the players that had left there said, man, that was such a complicated playbook to learn because there's so much, again, so much motion, so much misdirection, so much, um, you know, just kind of putting players out of, out of positions that they would normally think about playing to even just, just to make them a little uncomfortable, number one. And, and of course make the defenses uh, uncomfortable. Um, I will say one stat that kind of pops out immediately uh, that I, after I looked at Christian McCaffrey, um, uh, just to see, because I, I, had, I hadn't super followed him, you know, th- that much this year because Carolina is just so bad. Um, but over his entire career, he is responsible for 360 first downs. That's an average of about six a game. Now, oh. when you th- think about that. How many games are won and lost with just a couple extra first downs here and there? Six more first downs per game from one player is just insane. That's both. By the way, it's a combination of his his receiving first downs and his uh and his uh you know his rushing yards, rushing first downs too. Um, but that's, that's a, that, that was the most impressive stat that I think I saw. And, and the fact that he doesn't fumble. I mean, he's got eight fumbles in his entire career and he only lost four of them. So, so, so you're saying he won't be in Kyle's doghouse. Uh, I don't think so. No, <laughs> no. He's, he, I mean, everybody knows how hard he works. He gets in space. Um, that's where he's, he's at his best. A lot like Debo. I mean, they're, they're very much, uh, you know, similar in their, in their, uh, rushing abilities, especially in how, how much misdirection they can kind of do and get, get, you know, to that linebacker level and beyond, you know, um, because that's where, that's where they make their money. So, well, I just, I just pulled up the odds. Okay. And okay. So the 49ers are still plus 1400 to win the Super Bowl. However, they've jumped up in the NFC to plus, uh, 600 to win the NFC. So they're the third favorite to win the NFC right now behind the Eagles and a team that shall re- remain nameless um, because Dan doesn't think they should be anywhere near the top of the NFC. But Oh, no. we do, I No. I, I, I hate that Vegas loves Tampa as much as they do. I, Stephen, <laughs> can you agree with me on that? Like, should I hate Tampa as much? Like, just a, a quick, my quick hot Sorry, take. I, I, hate I didn't Tampa know so that when you were talking about nameless teams, I was like, wait, my, are you talking about the my team? No, oh, we, no, have, no. We, we have a name this year. That's right. Oh, so anyways, no, <laughs> yeah, Tampa, Tampa is a team that uh, is annoying. They're just annoying, right? They shouldn't. I think they do get too much love. I think Tampa, uh, you know, Tom Brady, of course, attracts all of the attention and takes sucks up all of the media um attention but it's a it's a, in, in a large part the same way that green bay does right because i think aaron Rodgers has the same effect it's really driven by the personality more than um a lot of times the product on the field too so thank you for that and i think tom's getting old i think that's we're starting to see every, father time 
is undefeated, and I think we're starting to see the cracks in some of in Tom Brady's game. Um, I don't. I mean, he's 45 years old. I know he's he's great at getting his, getting the ball out fast and 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 delivering it to to players and stuff. But does he is he at anywhere near an MVP caliber year? No, not even close. Uh, thank no. thank but, you. But, but the but the major shows on ESPN and Fox and everything else they they will lead off a lot of times with hey here's how Tom did today and you're like so there's other players num- number one on their team that are probably better but yeah. also. Uh, you know that there's other teams in the league that are that should be getting respect right now and aren't. Frankly. Yeah, but. but I mean, like I said, you can still get like we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. 49ers to win the Super Bowl at plus 1400 is still a pretty decent bet on odds. And you look at the way the team is built. If they get heavy, if they if if they get healthy on defense toward the end of this run, and CMC is what we expect them to be, then. You know, take the odds now while it's plus fourteen hundred because that's ten dollars. Ten dollars gets you one hundred forty bucks for them to win the Super Bowl, and they just they just added a big weapon on offense. And I'm surprised that the numbers didn't even jump below one thousand. But they may start to go here once this once the season progress. More than likely, that plus fourteen hundred is going to come down. Well, it's it's just seeing if he hits the ground running like we're all expecting. And obviously, the, the health is a massive concern. We just got to make sure he stays healthy. We got to make sure that he plugs into the offense as well as he does. And like we were just talking, like, no, we're not going to probably see any fireworks. Like, maybe if he scores, it's because we happen to get in the red zone and uh, we, like, throw a, 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 d- a dink and dunk pass to him. Like, he caught everybody off guard. But um, I do have to... Um, ask everybody like how pan like because i can't get past thinking about next year every now and then like yes i think we're we do have a great shot once we rebound a little bit we do have pieces coming back this week and they'll slowly keep coming back and i think we're good enough to hold our own to win the division and then we'll just go from there from how healthy we are but long term i was already sweating about our quarterback room i don't know what the hell is going to happen with our quarterback situation next year between jimmy being an outright free agent and Trey Lance has played four games in three years. Like we, the jury is definitely still out on what's going to happen with him. But now, now I'm sweating a little bit about our cap situation because we do have so many core players, Steve, like you were saying, we have a lot of these core players locked in, but Trent Williams is going to be 33 or four next year. No one's getting any younger. He's 34 now. Okay. So 35 next year, which Jesus Christ. But we have a lot of these core players locked in right now on massive contracts that they deserve because they are game records. Like uh, you have to account for Fred Warner. You have to account for George Kittle, Trent Williams, uh, Jimmy. We had to, we're still paying him a decent chunk of change, but it's, it is admittedly less than it was supposed to be. But now we got to account for, I have it up here. We're not paying any of the signing bonus, but we are still paying his $12 million a year base salary. So that money I I'm, I'm I feel bad for the the bookkeepers because now we got to worry about how that's taking money out of trying to keep E man, which I think it's still worth trying to pursue, even though he tore his ACL. We got to take we got to still try to pay Nick Bosa because we're not going to keep him on his fifth year option. There's John does not want to do that, and obviously Nick does. No one wants to play on their fifth year option. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, we got to worry about a lot of other contracts now, and now we just tacked on a twelve million dollar running back, which we all know historically. If you take on that kind of money, like there's usually baggage that comes with it, but not everybody's Christian McCaffrey though. So like, I I don't know. Are from your outsider's perspective, both of you like, 
is that something that would bother you in my position? Like, or if your team did the same thing, like, yes, a generational talent, but like, I can't get it out of the back of my head that like now we're at risk of having a contract dispute with Bosa and all these other guys. You know, you know whose problem that is? That's future John Lynch's problem. Right uh-huh. now. Uh-huh. Yep. Right now, it's about right now. And honestly, and our draft picks, by the way, too. The we we're not picking until after pick a hundred next year now, too, because future, after the that, picks. That's future John Lynch's problem. Right now, John Lynch is going all in. And honestly, Dan, like, you know, I would be so excited because opportunities like what John is seeing don't happen very often. And you need to take advantage of them when you can. If you can go out and get a generational talent for what's essentially, I mean, you're giving up, you're giving up four picks, three in this year's draft, one in next year's draft. But the draft after that, it's a fifth, right? It's a fifth. Yeah, so, I didn't, I didn't say it explicitly on Mike, but yes, a two, three, and four next year, 2023, and then a fifth in 2024. That's all. They clearly went way down from two first because even Christian McCaffrey, no, get out of here. You're not getting two first for a running. Well, if you, if you look at the the point value of those picks, it's equal to a first, a late round first. Like that's sort of where the trade value comes for them. So, but essentially, like no, I mean, you know, you got next year's draft. Yeah, it's probably going to be a little bit tough to get through. But right after that draft, I mean, I, I think you. That's the last number one. You'll you'll be without a, a number one pick in 2025 or, uh, or 20, uh, 24, 24. We finally get a first back because the so, next year is the last year of the Trey Lance lack of firsts. But so yeah, so this year's draft, you just got to get through the following draft. After that, you're going to have a number one. So you're really only giving up basically one draft to go all in to get a guy that's gener- that's a generational talent at running back to go all in this year and try to win a Super Bowl. And that's what it's about. Like ultimately, if you have the if you have that there, you can take that risk. Now, am I going to say go trade more picks from 2024 and get more generational talent and do what the Rams did? No, but you're really only giving up on one draft that right now to go all in for a Super Bowl. And the other part too that most people don't really think about too is what makes veteran players that are maybe would look for another say another team, but they may and they may not take the best offer necessarily for that. But what what type of a team is is do the veteran guys try to gravitate to a successful one? And if you see all these successful pieces and this team make a deep run, think about it like Tampa like two three years ago when they were just getting oh Antonio Brown and oh you know all these other good players attracted to the fact that Tom Brady joined there. It's like. There was nothing on paper that said that said Tampa was going to make another run like that before before that I'm saying right like all there but everybody follows the success um, and so you may yes you might be giving up draft picks and younger players and chances for again of of, of of future development later on down the road but right now you can also attract good players that are in their prime still that can that want to go play for the team that hey made a decent super uh, you know went to went deep in the playoffs last year are probably going to make a, a deep run this year and possibly a Super Bowl run this year. Um, yeah, that's attractive. And people would even take a pay cut to do that because they, a lot of these guys that are particularly, you know, in the maybe their late 20s, early 30s, they need to, they're, they're chasing a ring, right? If you're chasing a ring, 
you want to go to the, the talented teams that have the best shot at that. And uh, as we saw the draft with the uh, with the odds that you were just talking about, that's coming down. That's that just shows that more there's more and more attention coming on this team. That well, yeah. And I should make it clear, the NFC odds have jumped, but the Super Bowl odds still haven't. I believe we went on a couple of weeks ago, we said plus 1,400 for the 49ers. But all that means really right now is Vegas is set at where they're set right now. However, if people start to see, like if the betting actions, like if once the weeks go by and this guy, you know, does what we think he's going to do, people are going to start to bet that and that's going to come down. So that's that's sort of where it got. So I'm thinking not only did Vegas say, well, they're more of a favorite, but the betting, you know, basically it's also bet. It's also based upon how many people are betting on that and to try and even everything out. And so people are betting on the 49ers to win the NFC. They're just really not sure on if they're going to win the Super Bowl. So nobody's taking that bet yet. But if I were if I were betting and I saw that you got CMC and it's plus 1400, if I had any money in my account right now, like I'd be throwing the 10 spot on the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, bet bet now because it's going to come down. I mean, look at the the next few games of the schedule too. Six of the next seven are are at home. Number one, which is always favorable. Um, and there's aside from Kansas City uh, and maybe Miami in Week 13. That's really the only two that it, I think are are really scary, right? Yeah, L.A. Is, has been off all year. Uh, well, we always beat up on L. We always beat up on L.A. in the regular season, yeah, and then right. the Chargers. The Chargers are going to charge. They had their hands full with Denver, so like mm-hmm. I'm not worried about them. Not before. worried. Then the three game home stretch of the Saints, Dolphins, Bucks. Honest, honest to God, I don't see why we can't win all three of those. Even like, yeah, Dolphins are probably going to be the hardest. Mm-hmm. And then it's Seattle, Washington, Raiders, and then the Cardinals at home. Thank God we don't play the Cardinals in Arizona this year because the Mexico <laughs> game is technically a Cardinals home game, and mm. we're going to have more fans in Mexico. I just I'm I'm sure of it. Mm-hmm. So, I I am mildly reassured, and this is an interesting strategy. I just I'm sure John's even thought about this though. Like this is the kind of moves like these past two off seasons definitely are the kind of moves that. I'm sure a lot of teams would love their GM to like have the balls that John does, but this also is it fair to call it a high risk, high reward? Because we took the high risk, high reward of Trey Lance, and obviously that's not planned out the way that we thought it would. But he's still going out there making swings like this, like and the swing for Trent Williams and being able to mediate the relationship between Debo and Jimmy, getting Jimmy to stay and take a pay cut and then finally getting it done with Debo and Debo didn't reset the market either. He convinced Debo to just take 71 million a year. So I, I don't know. It is, it feels like, I don't know. I have faith that this will work out, but just be just trying to look at this in like the, the broadest scope possible. Like most other GMs, this is going to be a make or break. Like if we don't make it to at least the conference championship this year, uh, he's not going to get fired. I'm not saying that, but like, I don't know. This this is going to be the start of him being with us for another 10 years or he's going to get fired in two years. <laughs> uh, I, I yeah. think the thing you have to celebrate here is how well the 49ers have done as far as convincing players that the, of their game plan on how they get how they are successful and and 
again, talking Debo off the ledge, so to speak, I mean, was a big deal. And, and kind of, I think that's another that kind of goes ties into all that family atmosphere too, right? The football locker rooms are a family and the guys that are the strongest, the guys that want to play for those coaches and those GMs and stuff like they're going to be attracted to gravitate toward and, and want to stay at a place like that, that has a good culture. It's all about culture. And I think they're, they're really building a lot of that culture right now. And with a lot of these moves. Yeah. And John was a player. So you're not talking about some analytics guy who is really good at analytics, trying to convince you to come play for them. You're talking about a player who, you know, can go out there and relate to these players and say, Hey, listen, I've won a championship as a player. This is what it takes. It takes, you know, 53 guys coming together to be a family. It's basically what it is. That, that That's usually the culture that wins, the ones that feel like they are a family and go out there. And, you know, he's, he's saying he, he went out and told Depot, listen, don't, do you feel like family here? Because that's what we're trying to build. And he probably said to the Christian, hey, listen, we want you here. And Christian knows him from when he was younger and, you know, all of that. The relationships are all there to say, hey, I think we have a winning culture here in San Francisco. And, you know, people aren't betting on it now, but I bet you once Christian McCaffrey has his first 100 yards from scrimmage game, people are going to start start betting. And it's I think it comes from, the you know, the – the personality of John Lynch when he was a player that he can relate to these guys and get them on board. And, you know, because he was a captain of that Buccaneers defense. He was one of the captains. So he knows what it takes to not only win a Super Bowl, but to also lead men to win a Super Bowl. And I think that's where it comes. Exactly. And like, I, I, I'm only speaking as well, probably I keep saying, because like, I'm trying not to, I am super, super happy. And I do think, long term it is going to work out i just i'm trying to not i, I don't want to set myself up for heartbreak that's all i guess at the end of i get you i get you i know what that's like stuff, a pinch man. me this can't be real right now because yes historically john lynch has been a phenomenal gm for us and i christian's been healthy like knock on wood like i did laugh at like of course we're signing another expensive player that's got a long injury list like jason barrett like come on but but no i I do see we're getting a little short on time. At the end of the day, I am very, very happy about this. And um, my God, I'm so glad that we were able to talk about this so impromptuly. And just, this is, I don't know. Well, again, we'll see what happens with Kansas City. He's probably not going to play that much. But long-term down the road, if the injury bug can finally get off our back, we can, I don't know. We we faced turmoil last year and we made the, and we went on an eight-game win streak and made the NFC Championship. So obviously very, very early in the season. And this is some, truly truly season changing news for us so that's why we had to get on here that's why we had to talk to you all for a little bit uh we gotta head out of here uh our schedules are still a little cramped for personal stuff but uh james go ahead and let everybody know where they can reach out to us until we're back here on monday okay guys just so you know i'm gonna go through this real quick steve was uh uh Steve was gracious enough to bless us with his Photoshop talents and create a new T-shirt for you guys. We have an NFL owner's standoff shirt, which you can get at bombfire.com. Just research Niner Nuts Apparel. You can go to you you uh, on Google, go to the bombfire.com link. You will see our new T-shirt of the NFL owners in a standoff with what's going on. All proceeds for the sale of our T-shirts go to 
DC human trafficking recovery centers and, and this campaign to vote Dan out of the NFL. Uh, if you want to reach to us, you can out on Twitter. It's at Niner Nuts on Twitter. If you want to email us, 49ernuts at gmail.com. That's 49ernuts at gmail.com. Uh, leave us a five-star review. Send us the email. We'll read it on the air. Um, you can reach out to us on Facebook at Niner Nuts. Uh, we'd like to thank Daniel Mayer for our logo. Steve, Dan, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, I'll go real quick. I just want to say I had fun making that that Photoshop the other night. It was really, really good. Um, uh, you know, there's a lot going on in the NFL regarding the uh, the owners' meetings, and uh, and there's some palpable tension now uh, with the owners uh, trying to figure out a, 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 a the best way forward to get Daniel Snyder, the the CEO, the uh, the owner of the Washington Commanders, uh, out out of this uh, this ownership club. Um, without him taking everyone down. And he says he might, he, I guess there's a report from ESPN that says he has dirt on everybody. So now there's this, this everybody snipe at, at each other now in the media, which is something that they traditionally have kind of avoided. Um, they like to swim in one direction, usually and say protect the shield and all that. But uh, they're clearly uh, abandoning that uh, premise right now. And we'll see where it goes. But um, I, I I think it's going to only get more interesting from here. And uh, yeah, we'll see how many more photoshops come about it because of it. <laughs> I'm, yeah. just for the, I'm just looking for the material at this point. <laughs> well, uh, I it, mean, I'll, yeah. I'll put it out there now. We'll, we'll do an emergency podcast if we all deem it necessary when a big enough development happens. Like Jim Bursay is not worth an emergency podcast. Like, no, Jim no, Bursay. no, we're talking. No, like, nothing like that. No, I mean, I, I, you know, We'll get on here if Dan Snyder, like when it becomes official that Dan Snyder's out, I think that's a good time to get on here because that's just something that we've been building up to for so long. And Oh, so I'll even crack a beer for that episode. I usually don't drink on Mike. I, I will drink on Mike once Dan Snyder's actually out. <laughs> I will crack all of the beers. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will. Yes, you will. And for those who don't know, Steve is a Commanders fan, so... Um, but his t-shirt, if you want to see his t-shirt, you can go to bonfire.com, Niner Nuts Apparel, and see his t-shirt, and you can buy it for yourself. You can get it on the t-shirt, and once again, all proceeds go to DC Human Trafficking Recovery Centers, Outro Music, River Road by Justin Muth. See you on Monday. Be Kansas City. River Road, you got me running way back home. River Road, you got me running all night long. You got me singing some canal boat song. River Road, River Road, you got me running all night long. <laughs>